Are you hungry for more? You know what life has to offer. You sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody. Well, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Here and now. Just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon appetit! Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I am your host, Allie, and this week's episode is with Sam Wiegert. Last episode with Betsy and Laura, in my outro, I spoke about patience and how the universe will hook you up when you least expect it. Sam and I recorded this call on February 3rd, 2020, and I had questions written out for him since July of 2019 when we were originally going to sit down and chat. Life happens people are busy, but here we are. First of all, happy birthday to my big sister, Jess, who likely won't hear this because she doesn't listen to podcasts. (laughs) And to you, a happy Valentine's Day. I love you. My gift to you is not only this fun conversation that also gets into what it takes to be in love, but also a code for $20 off your first box of purple carrot. It's a plant-based meal kit that sends you the ingredients for the meals you choose and you cook the most delicious meal you've ever dreamed of making for yourself. And maybe you're even willing to share it in the name of Valentine's Day. I just want you to know that I don't actually get anything for this because they don't sponsor me, but I just love it and I just started using it myself. So I just thought I would share. The code is PURPLE20 for $20 off your first box. So worth it. You can choose what weeks you want. You can choose one week and never get it again. And the meal options I chose were two different meals, four servings each meal. So eight meals total. And they're meals that I would never try cooking on my own with having to go to the store and getting exactly what I need and all the time and prep and everything. But it gets sent to your house. It's plant-based and you just follow the step-by-step processes. They give you everything you need. It's pretty amazing. I'm quite certain it's vegan, but don't quote me on it. Um, And enjoy. Let me know if you try it out. I love it so much. Let me know if you have any questions. You know where to find me. I briefly want to apologize in advance for the clicks you may hear throughout this episode. In the future, I'm going to change the way I do things from the guest's end so we don't run into this issue anymore moving forward. But for now, don't let it scare you away from hearing all of the black belt wisdom coming your way. And at the end, you know what to do. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you have something nice to say. Feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram or email if you have any feedback and constructive criticism. I'm here to learn, grow, and get better at providing you value because this is no temporary feat. In fact, Valentine's Day 2020 marks one full year of being committed and having launched the show, which is so thrilling to even think about and talk about because I've never committed to anything so hard to myself for myself and essentially for you guys but really for me at first because nobody really listens 
or listens at first. I don't know. It's one, you know, you got to start with nothing and you got to be comfortable starting as a beginner and sounding silly and looking silly and growing and changing and morphing and blooming like a fucking flower. That being said, happy one year to myself. Um, I feel pretty good. It's not hard to commit when it's something that you want to commit to in the long run. And it's just, it's such a great lesson and it's such a blessing. I feel so lucky that I found something that I was willing to do that for because I had never found anything like that in the past. And, um... Yeah, it feels good and I send you all of the love and all of the hope and if you haven't found something like that yet or if you have, sending you all of the gratitude because not everybody has this and if you don't have this or if you know people who don't have that, it's it's coming. They just hopefully are open to the idea of finding it. It takes time. Life is a journey. It's an adventure. It's seeking. It's trying new things. It's deciding you don't want to do that thing. It's trying more new things and realizing how much you love that and just continuing to do those those everyday activities, whether you do it every day or not. It's just the life force. It's literally life force to do things that you love, to make you happy, and to... to to inspire you to keep on kicking you know it sounds crazy and it sounds silly but unfortunately there are people that take their own lives I'm sorry to get so dark and deep real quick but it's the honest truth right like people aren't always happy and we go through hard times all of us so we just need to find those things that keep us going and light us up and at least warm us up a little when we're feeling cold or when we're feeling low and something that just you know keeps us keeps us going that being said sam is a business owner of seven martial art gyms called up level martial arts we talk about life as a homeschooled boy with seven siblings playing seven is a common theme here i'm sensing it's a good number playing towards our strengths and the game-changing method he learned from a book that has ultimately up-leveled his life see what I did there (laughs) thank you so much for listening thank you for tuning in I know you could be listening to anything and you're listening to this right now so I appreciate you and I hope you enjoy this episode first of all Sam thank you so much for accepting this experience to chat with me here on well and why and congratulations on your fairly recent marriage Thank you. (laughs) Of course. You have been such a huge inspiration to so many people, myself included, ever since seeing you speak for the first time at the One Life Fully Lived conference back in 2015. Wow. I know. I actually have Tim Rode, the founder of the incredible One Life organization, as episode six on here. And I actually just launched 35. So he came on in the beginning, which was awesome. Um, And that was such an honor. One Life and the people involved have ultimately changed my life forever because you guys were the expanders for me and believing it's possible and seeing with my own two eyes that people just above me in age have made incredible things happen. It's awesome. Yeah. So thank you for being here again. I know your time is highly valuable. Thank you. It's an honor. I'm excited. <laughs> um, 
So you have a thriving martial arts gym called Up Level Martial Arts. And not only do you have one, but you have seven locations. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Wow. As, of, as of last year. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. That's insane. Thank you. Wow. Okay. What is your mission here on this planet that has gotten you thus far to have seven gyms since such a young age? Yeah. Great question. Um, I... I Gosh, that's such, a, that's such a big question, right? It's like, where do you start exactly? I I feel like, uh, I guess I'll start big and then I'll go to smaller. But like, I definitely feel like my mission in life has just been to serve and help as many people as possible. And then I guess my niche, my like going a little smaller has been to do that through martial arts and to use martial arts to change people's lives for the better, just to inspire them to live their best life possible. Uh, you know, we call it, being a black belt in life, right? It's not just about being a black belt with your kicks and your punches. It's about being a black belt uh, in your life and everything you do, how you show up on a podcast or and how you show up in the gym, you know, in the actual gym or and how you show up on the on the studio too when you're training martial arts. But, um, you know, I want to say this though too. It wasn't always that way. I, when I first got started, it was more about just becoming somebody, just trying to be somebody, you know, just trying to... Um, be successful. And I put quotations around that just because, uh, you know, there's like so many versions of that. And so I, I really feel like the mission got upgraded as I went through my life. You know, it just started with like, okay, I just want to make some money. I want to make as much money as my dad makes and then I'll be successful, you know? And, and then you do that and you recognize that, you know, okay, maybe there's some, maybe, maybe this actually is all for a bigger purpose. And so, uh, I think it started, that's how it started. And that's kind of where it's, where it's come to today. Neat. I love that it started as something just like we all kind of want just like that success. And then it turned into something a little more specific because it seems objectively, you know, without knowing your full story that it's yeah. like, I love martial arts and I'm going to make everybody happy and strong in this way, you know? So it's right. cool that it kind of morphed into what it has become for you. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it was more about a significance thing for me growing up. I grew up with eight eight brothers and well, seven brothers and sisters, eight children, including me. And so, you know, I I, I figured I had to do something decently uh, significant with my life to get some attention. That's funny. Actually, one of my questions is because I knew you were one of many. Like, what role did that have on who you've become and what you're doing with your life? So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, my, my and don't get me wrong, my parents are amazing. I mean, they they had an they they were cutting edge for their time. You know, they were homeschooling before homeschooling was cool. You know, now it's a way more in than it was twenty eight years ago. You know, uh, so they were on the cutting edge of the health movement. I mean, I feel like some of the things that they started eating and drinking and was just like the stuff that you can buy at the grocery store now. They were. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, they were juicing their own, you know, they had a champion juicer and were juicing their own, their green juice and carrots and like all this stuff that's like way more in now. It's like, you know, so I feel like they did such an amazing job of raising us to, um, with principles and with good foundation for health. And, uh, and at the same time, we all just walked away from our homeschool experience. All of us are pretty self-motivated. And my mom had a philosophy with her homeschooling, and I thought it was really good. She said, I realized early on that my goal 
was not to teach you specific equations in math or certain science formulas, but it was to teach you to learn. And she said, if I could teach my kids to be learners, then they would, they would replace me as the teacher. You know, my mom taught all of us being homeschooled. And so 10, 11, 12 years old, most of us were on our own. We were, we were learning from books. We were learning the curriculum. We were checking our own answers. And no, we weren't cheating. All my friends asked, well, if you had the answers right there, why wouldn't you cheat? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we didn't want to dig ditches the rest of our life. That's what our parents told us we'd be doing if we cheated. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so they gave you this fear kind of. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's good to Leverage. know. Leverage. <laughs> yeah. Some good leverage. Parenting tips 101. Okay. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Because actually, one of my other questions for you was if it was, if you're innately the type of person with a get shit done attitude, but it sounds mm. like it's been instilled in you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always wanted to get shit done. I love taking action. But was that instilled in me from the, from the beginning? I would say, I don't know. I, I, I just, I loved, yeah, I loved math. Math was my favorite subject. And as, long, as far back as I can remember, I would love sitting at my desk and uh, knocking out as many math problems as I could. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was kind of like that, like, okay, yeah, like I got another one done and I got it right. And then they got another one done and I got it right. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that, how people come about to be more action oriented. It's funny you ask that though, because I, I'm talking to my staff, I'm doing a little presentation for my staff tomorrow and I'm going to talk about the mindset of a successful instructor. And one of them is like, you have to be focused on results. And I was, I was just thinking that same thing. I was thinking like, I wonder if that's something that you can learn. And I, I totally think it is. I think you can wire yourself to, to, to take action. Um, I, yeah. I want, how do you yeah. think? Like, why do you think you're so action oriented? Do you think it's because at such a young age, you were homeschooled, you were kind of forced to learn these things, probably learning different things than your siblings at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So then that being said, you were probably like, you know, getting the answers, doing the things and then felt really good about it because you were finding the For right sure. thing. So For sure. that really makes a lot of sense because I feel like... I wasn't that way for a really mm. long time and I was school was not really important to me until I realized exactly. I needed it to go to college. Right. <laughs> uh, I did feel like no one really taught me how to learn. It was just like get your stuff done. Like not mm. it, it wasn't I wasn't motivated to learn. I was motivated mm. just to like get it done so I could just graduate and get the hell out cuz I just wanted right. to work. So That's so interesting. Yeah, and it wasn't until now really. Yeah. Do you know what, do you know what you are on the DISC profile? Have, have you heard of the DISC personality assessment? D-I-S-C or K? D-I-S-C. Yeah. 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 Hmm. No, I don't know. What are the options? I'd be curious that the first one is, um, the first one's D. So people who are high in D are going to be like, Tim Rhodes pretty high in D actually. He can get shipped. It, it's the, it stands for decisive and driver. You know, someone who makes things happen. And then you've got the I, the people who are high in the I uh, are, are uh, interactive. So they're going to be your people people, you know, just love to talk to people, love to interact with people. Um, the S stands for stabilizer. So someone high in S is going to be your very steady, just bring a sense of calm to things. And then your C's are going to be 
more your engineer types, people who are cautious or, or can follow standards, follow, love rules, love procedures, love strategy, things like that. So I'm DC and those are the two, those are the highest for me. And those are the two uh, very task oriented personality types. Someone who falls more in the middle is going to, the S or the I is going to be more like nurturing. They're going to be more about people. They're going to be more, uh, yeah, just nurturing. Whereas someone the is going to care probably a little less about individual people, maybe, uh, but maybe just more about tasks. So yeah. tasks versus people. Anyway, I, it's kind of been a little fun study of mine over the last, because my wife is very much the opposite. I'm DC. She's right in the middle. She, she's going to be an, she, I think she scored like I as the highest and then S and tasks for me come so naturally, but tasks for her, it's just like pulling teeth. To get. So, so I'm trying not to just like make her feel bad every time she doesn't get a task done. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to like, okay, wait a second. Here's a person and I'm big on like, you need to play towards your cards, right? Like whatever cards you got dealt, how, however you ended up this way, <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, but, but play, you know, how can you play towards your strengths and your personality? So I'm still figuring that one out. You know, for me, I know, uh, you know, I can, you could give me a checklist a mile long and I'm just going to be like all day, like, cause I just get such a sense of accomplishment from checking that off or like you were talking about with the math, just like getting that math problem. But then I've learned like, not everybody is that way. So does everybody need to be that way? I don't think so. I think it's more a matter of like understanding who you are and then, like doubling down on your strengths. That's what I feel like. I don't know. Let's model spiel on that. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I no, I love that. I love that so much. I, I think I'm more like your wife than you. And yeah. um, I'm definitely, I'm probably I. Like when you were saying them, I was like, totally. definitely the I. And, I was uh, I, I going to guess what you are. So I definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an office manager and I, I very much care yeah. about everybody and it's hard and, you know, but the tasks are like daunting and especially if there's something I've never done before, which I know I can get it done and do it. It's just like, it feels so much heavier than it actually is when you do the lifting, you know? Mm, that's right. So um, it's, that's, I think it's a learning, you know, it's like a learning thing. And also yeah. just starting yeah. and just also like barrier of entries that plays a huge role in something too, like a podcast mm. versus originally I was going to try to start a business and a subscription right. box. And that was like way bigger than me. Whereas this was like, okay, I know how to talk. I editing's not that hard. I've done mass media in high school, you know, like how hard could right. it be, you know? <laughs> so, and I've That's always, cool. yeah. And I've just always been curious and I always want to know right. how people like yourself work, you know, yeah. like what we're saying. So, so another high I that you just reminded me of as you were saying that is Oprah. Oprah is high on the I. Okay. Right? Loves people, loves to interview them, loves to hear their stories, can talk to anybody, never meets a stranger. Like, that's Oprah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I bet, I mean, I don't know. I think it's cool to have, like, celebrities as people. Some people we respect or look up to as, like, okay, okay. So, like, you don't have to be a task-oriented uh, person necessarily in order to quote unquote be successful or to reach. So I love, you know, I think even you moving into the podcast, like how cool is that? That's awesome. You're like literally playing towards your strengths. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I think it's also learning how to delegate what you need to delegate. And that's actually one of my questions for you later that we're going to get into. But yeah, actually cool. that other test, uh, the per 16 personalities, I mm -hmm. am the same yeah. one as Oprah. 
Oh, no kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, ENFJ, I think. ENFJ. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Amazing. That's um, cool. But have you ever heard of human design? No. I highly recommend looking into it. It's very cool. And it has a lot to do with the energy and... and I'm making a note. Yeah, it's just really neat. And certain people aren't energy beings, but they're really great at like organizing your thoughts and procedures and structure and stuff like that. Whereas some of us are just like really good at doing the work if we're kind of given the roadmap of how to do it. And some of us aren't so good at like guiding the structure of the work. So it's very fascinating. It's just another one of those tests. And I think all of these tests are so spot on and they're so cool. And they bring just something different to the table of how to understand how complex we are as human beings. 100%. Yeah. Um, how old were you when you started your martial arts business? I bought my first martial arts school when I was 15. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of a crazy story, actually. I was training martial arts at my school. My mom put me in for confidence. She put me in for discipline. And I was doing good. I, I liked it. I'm not sure I loved it, but I liked it. And I had some friends that were there. And and so one day my instructor comes alongside of me, puts his arm around me and says, look, I want to teach you the business. And I he had hired a consultant to come in and help him with the business. But he, he said, I want to teach you the business. And then come to find out that he was really burnt out. He had been working a lot. He hadn't been making the money he wanted to make. And so he decided he wanted to go off on the the, the, the bass pro fishing circuit. He wanted to fish bass, uh, bass fish professionally. So this is like a, dr- a childhood dream of his for many years. So he decided to go off and do that. And uh, he s- took my parents out to Texas Roadhouse, a steakhouse. And he said, I, I think I want to sell your son the karate school. And so he sold it for twenty thousand dollars. It was a, it was in a small town of uh, about two thousand people. So the whole school he sold for twenty thousand. And I think I'd made like, I put my last paycheck towards it. So my parents ended up needing to loan me like sixteen thousand or something like that. And uh, they did. They loaned it to me, and I spiked my hair so I would look as old as possible because <laughs> I wasn't technically supposed to be like there by myself running this school. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was super cool. What an amazing experience. I mean, when I look back on it, it was like one of those things where you're like, did I do that? Like, was that me? And you realize really quickly, like, no, it was just like these forces coming together. I was in the right place. I was there. It was God or Providence or the universe or whatever you want to call it, but came together. And I'm just kind of following this path and just saying yes to things that come up. And it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. So Big shout out to my mom and dad for giving their 15-year-old $16,000. <laughs> and they weren't like – this wasn't like – they were not wealthy by, by any stretch of the imagination. Like they weren't, they weren't just rolling the money like, oh, here's 16000 Sure, and we're going to buy you a BMW next week. <laughs> like that wasn't, that wasn't my parents. They had eight kids. You know, my mom stayed home. She really didn't work for money. Um, my dad had a job at a university. And it was um, – <laughs> I mean it was just – yeah, 16000 was like – it was some money. But I paid them back super fast and I was dedicated to make it happen. So it was pretty, pretty fun. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, they couldn't buy you a car because you couldn't drive yet. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's so crazy. That's wow. That's wild. And that's the other thing is like some people are just given these opportunities and it's what yeah. you do with them. Like another, a normal 15 year old, I mean, normal, you know, no. would, would they have been like, yeah, I'm ready to do this? No. 
we've, we've got some youngsters in our schools and our school right now that are, that I see the same level of talent, if not more talent than when I was 15. I mean, they're just like, I had a couple 15 year olds in the school. We, we have them in a program called certified instructor and training. So we have a program in our martial arts academies where if someone wants to become an instructor or they just want to learn the skills of an instructor, they can join this program and we teach them how to speak and communicate and be confident and market and all these things. And they went out and they were getting new students the other day in our shopping center and talking to people. And I was like, wow. So I don't know, maybe, you know, I think our society is kind of set up more for you to get those opportunities just later on in life. Right. But I was sitting there, I was like, man, if these kids weren't totally set on going to college, which a lot of them are, you know, they would be great at this business. Great at it. So. Oh my gosh. And so this guy that gave you this opportunity, obviously, I mean, hopefully he helped you along the way of learning all the steps that you needed to take in order to own a business like this. He did. He was a huge mentor to me. And he actually hired, he hired a consultant that came in and taught me too. So he, I I had a lot of mentorship. It was really great. Took me under their wing day in and day out, coached me on the numbers. It was really beautiful. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was very lucky. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, I have so many questions off of that. But did you go to college? I did. Yeah. Nice. I went for uh, maybe three semesters, but it was all online. And I did it while I was still in high school. So I did it really young. My dad worked at a university and he worked in admissions. So he uh, he helped admit us to the college while we were like 14 and 15. So we could start taking these classes and they weren't hard. I mean, they really weren't hard. They were online classes. And I remember thinking like, really, is this what college kids do? Because this isn't that hard. <laughs> but there was like English 100 and math 100. So it wasn't anything insane. And then, But then I started taking some accounting courses. And I took, a, took an accounting course. I took a personal finance course. I took a, all good stuff. I can't say that I – it just really wasn't a big enough part of my life, I don't think, to – you know, I learned so much more from just books and people and mentors. It's just the college learning atmosphere, even though it was online and on my own pace, wasn't huge for me. But I did. Yeah, I had a full ride scholarship to a, a university called Liberty University in, in Lynchburg, Virginia. And um, yeah, I had to have the talk with my dad that, hey, I don't think I'm going to take advantage of this. I think I'm going to do martial arts full time. And my dad has four degrees. He's got a doctorate, a master's and two bachelor's degrees. So he's <laughs> the academic guy yeah wow <laughs> so how did he take that he took it really well actually nice I think he kind of was in this place in his life where he was like look this is what I did and but I he, he really supported me my dad was awesome oh yeah. yeah it sounds like he under I mean also you were so young that it's not like you couldn't ever go back he clearly knows for himself that you can keep right. going and going and going Exactly. Amazing. Yeah, it was. I like to do a little bit of homework before these calls, or maybe it's just an acceptable excuse to stalk my guests. Okay, nice. (laughs) But I saw a while ago now that you posted about happiness and what is more important, success or fulfillment, and Mm. the question about whether success without fulfillment is actually, is it actually the ultimate failure? And I resonated with this so much because it brought up so many questions. What is success? What is failure? Are there even legitimate definitions if everybody is out there working towards all kinds of dreams and lifestyles? Does failure actually exist? 
We do need to learn somehow in order to make quality decisions towards our goals. My question for you is, what would you say has been the key in life to happiness for you personally being such a young success story? Hmm. I remember achieving a lot of my like what I thought were big goals. I remember achieving, you know, a certain amount of money. And I remember achieving them relatively young and kind of getting to them and having that experience that we all have probably had at some level where you reach anything you want. Um, and you're kind of like, ah, like what was I worked all that? Like I worked that hard for that because now what type type question, you know, and the biggest one though was when I got married and it was always a goal of mine to get married. I don't even know why. Like that was always something I just, maybe because my parents like had a great relationship and you know, I, so, so I like, I got married and I bought, uh, I bought a house and it, it was way more money than I ever thought I'd spend on a house, but it was like the dream house, right? It was like in Charlotte and in the, in the, in the country a little bit, but still in the city and I had this big lot and all this. And then I bought, um, a car and, uh, I, I bought a, I bought a sports car, I bought a Corvette. And I remember those three, the combination of those three things, <laughs> as silly as it may sound, those were like my my childhood, you know, country dreams were like, I just, the car, the girl, and the house, right? <laughs> and so then I do remember like going through a phase and just realizing like, okay, wait a second. Like what's, what, what am I working? Like what's, what is going on? Like what, why am I feeling this way? Because I just, I didn't feel nearly as fulfilled as I thought I should. Um, and it was, be- it was a blessing in disguise because, um, Oh, and then on top of that, I took a month off and I went to Europe kind of for a honeymoon. Yeah, for a honeymoon with my wife. And there I discovered a book that totally like changed my life. And it was called A Mind at Home with Itself. And it's uh, by this lady. Her name is Byron Katie. And she does something called The Work. And it's a spiritual practice. It's a meditation where she just has you ask these four questions, you know, for anything that comes up that causes you stress. And... um she's just got a really unique philosophy and way of looking at the world. And, and, uh, and I started to just absorb some of her stuff. And so that's been a big key. I mean, to answer your question more directly that her work has been a huge key to my happiness. Um, you know, she believes, and I, and I would tend to agree that we're just, we don't actually necessarily always create our destiny. I mean, our destiny kind of finds us like, you know, it's so interesting because for most of my life, I, I would have believed like you create your own destiny. And I guess I still believe that to a, to a, to a degree, but there's also a sense where like, I don't know, Allie, did you find low in life? Like maybe you did, but like, I bet there was some coincidences that happened that were like, oh my gosh, one life, you know, same for me, go abundance. Like I'm a part of a group called GoBundance and it just like happened that I met this guy at a seminar and that I happened to be going to him and now I have happened. It was like these things and I, I didn't orchestrate them. I wasn't a 14 year old being like, oh, I want to own a martial arts school and that's what I'm going to do. Like those things found me. And so there's a certain amount of surrender and trust and recognizing that I'm a super, super, super small piece of the uh, cosmic puzzle that like if I died tomorrow, like life would go on and like it would, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I'm important, but um, on the other hand, I'm like nobody. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I don't know. So, 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 so that, that yin and to the, the yin and the yang of, um, you know, life is here and I create my own destiny. And then, and at the same time, like, um, I'm following the, the, the path that's, that's just happening and it's just, it's just happening. It's just unfolding. Hmm. And this is recent discovery that you realize, like, as much as I'm doing this, it's also stuff outside my control. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the last couple of years. Wow. The last couple of years has been more, more of that. And for me, that's been free. I think for me, that's been really freeing. And maybe you have to go through stage one. Like I think stage one is like, I do control my destiny and I can take control of who I hang out with. And I think that is a, a certain level that people need to go through. And I lived there for a long time of like, I'm, I will make it happen. And, and I think you kind of get to a point where you're like, huh, is that really true? And that's the first question Byron Katie says to ask her four questions. I'll go over them real fast because they've been life-changing for me. So any thought that you have or belief that causes you any amount of stress, um, she's, she has you put it to the test with these four questions. So the first one would be, is it true? And you know, you, the only answers are yes or no to that. And then the second question is, can I know that it's true? Like, can I know for sure that it's true? The third question is, um, what happens when I believe that thought? Like, what happens to me? And then the fourth question is, who would I be without that thought? And so it's, uh, it's a work, she calls it investigating. So if you have a thought that's really stressful to you, um, you can put it to the test with those four questions. And then the final step is you turn it around. So, you know, yeah, it's cool. I've been doing that for a lot of things, you know, even like, um, you know, one of the thoughts that's come up for me a lot is like, I should be more successful than I am, you know? So no matter what I have or whatever, it's, there's, there's, there's that, there's that thought, right. It comes into our brain of like, I should be more successful than I am. And it causes me stress. It makes me like want to work harder and be away from my wife more. And so I'll just, I've been like putting that one to the test, right? Like, okay, is it true? And Byron Katie calls this, uh, it's a meditation. So you sit and you just, is it true that I should be more successful than I am? And maybe your gut reaction is like, yes, it is true. And then you ask the second question, which is like, can I know for sure that I should be more successful than I am? And you ponder and whatever comes up for you, yes or no. So for me, what comes up for me when I ask that question is like, I don't know, like, Maybe this is a, maybe my path is just to get to this level. Maybe my path isn't to have anything else. Um, you know, how is success defined? You know, these are things that come up for me. So then I answer the question with a no. And then you ask the third question, which is like, well, how do I react when I think that thought I should be more successful than I am? And I'm like, oh my God, I get stressed. I overwork myself. I pay less attention to my body. I ignore people around me. I'm less present when I'm constantly thinking like I should be more successful. And then you ask the fourth question. The fourth question is, well, who would you be with? If you just, if just like for some reason you wake up one day and you just couldn't have that thought anymore, who would you be? And you think like, who would I be without that thought? You know what I'd be? I would just be more present to whatever was happening in the moment, success or failure. Um, I'd have less definitions on stuff. I would just be where I am right now. I'd be less in the future, more with people around me. These are things that actually come up for me right now. I'm just a real example I'm taking you through. And then you do the turnaround. So the turnaround is you, 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 you do an opposite statement. So you'd be like, okay, I should be more successful than I am. 
So the opposite of that is like, I shouldn't be more successful than I am. And you try to find ways that that's true. Like, you know, I should be where I am in this moment, right? And you just try to search for other ways that that opposite statement might actually be true. So anyway, maybe, maybe that was too deep, but I've, I've been doing that on like so many beliefs and thoughts that have come up that cause me stress. And what ends up happening is the belief kind of just lets go of you because you've investigated it. You've uh, questioned it. You've really kind of dove in deep and it's been the most freeing thing I've ever done in my life from a standpoint of uh, emotional, spiritual, mental freedom. Amazing. Yeah, that's doing the work. It's like inve- yeah. you're proving it wrong, essentially. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Cool. That was yeah, neat to you. experience. Like yeah. you going through that whole thing yourself. That was cool. That was yeah. really helpful. I feel like sometimes we have thoughts and we believe these things and we don't necessarily know how to make them go away. It's like, I know I have control over my thoughts and my beliefs, right. but like, how do we control that without just being like, no, shut up, you know? Exactly. And trying to get, like, stop thinking about it. If Whether you stop thinking about it, it's still subconscious in your body. Exactly. And it's to talk it out like that. You're, I love that it's, like a got a self-guided meditation in a sense because yeah. yeah because you're like talk you're releasing it by thinking about it feeling it breathing and that's really yes. neat you're exactly right like we've all you've probably meditated i've meditated before and you know every once in a while you can bring yourself to a point to where your your thoughts calm down and you're just present right you could but that takes a lot of work sometimes when you meditate at least for me but this is more um, Byron Katie calls this like the super highway to that, to, to that presence because you are, it's, it is an active process. You're not just hoping your thoughts stop. You're not just be, even being aware of your thoughts. You're, you're, you're working yourself through those things. Yeah. It, ditto. Just what you said. I mean, that's spot on. That's spot on. That's awesome. I feel like that's the way of the future in a sense of meditation. Mm. Because I know meditation is so overwhelming for a lot of people, and myself included. Um, It just feels like, I mean, I can create the time for it easy enough. I just don't. And Mm -hmm. that's why I feel like there are other ways to find that place that work for you. Like for me, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of mandalas. No. They're essentially this artwork that you start with a protractor and a compass, like in geometry, And you make these circles and they just expand throughout the page and they have to be like pretty perfect and all these lines. And you start really small with a little circle and then a little flower and every layer just keeps expanding along the page. So it's like a mindful meditation because you're sitting there and you're like thinking about, oh, what's the next pattern that I want to do? And then you create that layer and then you're just coloring it in. That's cool. And then you're adding little patterns within the patterns, like little, you know, yeah, patterns, I guess is the best word for it, but is it is it meant to be a meditation? Yeah. It's like a Okay, wow. Yeah, I mean, I think so and cool. Monks will draw it in the sand and then erase it, but you put in so much time. I mean, even on a little piece of paper, like I can barely just sit there and just get one done in one day. They take time. Wow. Yeah, and you're not thinking about anything else really. And if you are, your 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 mind is so calm that it's you're not in you're just in a good place. Wow. Yeah. It's really That's so neat. cool. So then I love that there are Indala, all these. Check it out. Yeah. I love that there are all these practices now like that. 
and I'm actually going to start teaching mandala workshops. Hopefully it all happens. But nice. yeah, I just think it's a tool that people need. And it's that barrier of entry. Like they're just not taught how to do these things. Yeah. So we just need to learn these these new paths in order to getting our mind to that place to feel that way and to just like allow ourselves to be where we are. Yeah, 100 percent. 100 percent. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. How much do you think a support system comes into play when we're working towards creating the lifestyle of our dreams? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's everything. I think for me, it's been everything. Uh, no way. It, no way I wouldn't have been able to do what I've done without, I don't think anyway. I mean, this is my hallucination that I would not have been able to do what I've done without books and tapes and audios and people supporting me and instructors, martial arts instructors. And so, yeah, that, you know, for me, yeah, I think, I think the common misconception in like the personal development world is that, you know, I have to have a coach or I have to have a mentor, but if you're, and maybe some people do need that, but if you're a learner, you know, if you're just a learner at heart, then most of my mentors, most of my best mentors have been people that probably have never known my name or will never know my name people who I just got to sit at the feet of, you know, <laughs> going, going back to the monks, just like, Hey, I'm here. I'm just like going to soak up everything this person has to say through their books and their, you know, some people will tell me, Oh, I really want to meet that person. And I'm like, I have no desire to meet. I like, I, for me, a lot of these people that we learn from, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're on stage and they're bigger personalities. And for me, it never, it doesn't really come up with for me necessarily to meet them as until maybe I've just read, studied, and heard everything that they put out, you know? Um, but just the opportunity to kind of sit at the feet of some of these guys who, guys and girls, who uh, have made it their life's mission and passion to help people. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you probably have a lot of those people in your sphere of influence, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I, sometimes I just observe them from a distance, you know, and I don't, I don't even tell them, I don't even tell them they're my mentor. I just quietly, <laughs> it's kind of my way of doing it. I'm just like, all right, I want to be like you. And I just pick up on everything that they do. I, I will walk how they walk, talk how they talk. I'll, I'll see how they interact. I mean, I'll just, that's modeling, right? I just try to model. I just try to copy them. Yes, that's amazing. Actually, I was at a vision board party yesterday and nice. yeah, and um my friend actually who's on this entrepreneurship path um yeah. she loves speaking and so I actually got her connected to my friend who was hosting the party and she spoke there and she spoke about expanders and and how what you're talking about is basically just like finding those people that you envy and you don't you're not necessarily jealous but you envy them and like you want to embody the things that you cool. see because you're looking up to them and they're and and they're right in front of it seems a little bit more tangible or something like that and i actually similarly one of my my last job i was a building manager for a co-working space but i wanted to be in the co-working space because i was like if i'm going to work for myself one day i have to know how to at least talk to people that do that i have to know how right. to talk to them learn to talk like them and level up my communication skills. And, and then mm -hmm. I ended up with a podcast where I probably would never have felt confident enough to have a podcast before that job. That's cool. So it's cool. Yeah. I love that you can just like 
see people and I think it's so important and I think we all do it subconsciously but to be conscious of it yeah. and like instead of feel jealous of that that person is that person right. you don't want to be that person you want to learn and kind of take those pieces and characteristics of them or at least appreciate their presence yes which in turn elevates yourself yes for sure yeah I have a I have a reputation amongst my staff members of having the the guru of the month you know where I will I will show up a certain way because I'm trying to model somebody specific and I'm I just for me it's easy for me it's like putting on a jacket and being like oh let's see how let's see if I model how Steve Jobs acted how that will work you know what I know of how Steve Jobs acted and taught and you know and it's fun for me to do that so I think you can learn a lot that way yeah that's really cool do you go in telling them who you are or they have to guess no 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 The Steve Jobs when when I showed up for like a couple of weeks trying to be more like Steve Jobs it, it wasn't uh, I don't think it fit my my company's culture very well. <laughs> that's really that's really pretty funny. pretty harsh guy from 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 all reports from most reports. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> if you can pinpoint one specific factor of starting a brick and mortar that was the most difficult and unexpected part of the process, what would you say it was? Hmm. The most difficult and unexpected part of the process. Whew. You know, I got really lucky because, you know, I, my first school that I bought, it already had an established lease. My dad and I just had to take over the lease. It was already built out. Um, so, so I didn't have to do any like permits or building out the space, which can be a pain. Um, well, I'll tell you something that just popped into my mind is I opened a studio about two and a half years ago, or, uh, two years and two months ago, actually now. And I walked in and it was a, it was an empty shell. It needed the walls redone. It needed a, an office built, but it already had the bathrooms, two bathrooms. And it was already the shape I wanted it to be. So all I needed was the office. And I walked in and in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, this will cost me ten, fifteen thousand dollars, no problem. I'll have this whole thing out. However, <laughs> when you put when you build out commercial spaces, like it's way more expensive. It just it just adds up fast. Like I feel like get the permits and have a commercial contractor and all the things that we need to do. And we ended up we ended up needing to like move the HVAC company. So when you when you negotiate a commercial lease, now there's something in it called TI or tenant improvements. And usually the landlord will give you TIA, which is a tenant improvement allowance. So they'll give you, you know, maybe 15 to, to, to $25 per square foot um, in, in a lump sum so that you can build out your space. That's pretty common. But I went in a little bit cocky. And so I didn't even ask them to give me any a tenant improvement allowance. And so I left that money on the table and it ended up costing me closer to $60,000 to build this space out and it took a long time to do it. And so I really wish that I had, so I just, I, over the last year I was like kicking myself. I was like, ah, oh, like I, it was a simple ask. She actually asked me, she goes, do you want a tenant improvement allowance? And I said, no, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I'm I said, no, always say yes to that question. So that was kind of like a, you use the word unexpected. I think that was kind of an unexpected thing. And I, I've uh, negotiated several leases 
this wasn't like my first lease, but that thing kind of hit me by surprise. So that was interesting. Do you feel like you just didn't want to have to take on the the thought of having a loan? No, it's not a loan. It's not a they loan. Give, the, the tenant improvement allowance is money that the landlord gives you for free. It's part of the deal. They, it's, it's like part of their incentive. To It's um, very common. Now, granted, it's a negotiable thing. Sometimes the landlord will be like, hey, I don't want to give a lot. But it's very common that they will... If, if I sign a five-year lease, it's very common that the landlord will give me twenty or thirty thousand dollars up front to because because keep in mind you are putting that thirty thousand dollars into their building, so you're you're helping improve their building, which is why they give it to you for free. So it's not a loan. I mean, it's you know I've gotten twenty, thirty thousand dollars in in improvement money before, and it's just now granted, I mean you're signing a five-year or a five or a seven or a ten-year lease with them, so they, they've got you on the hook, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, that was still a mistake I wish I had uh, done differently. Right. Yeah, that's a good little secret to know. Actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if you're, gonna, if you're ever negotiating for lease space, um, get some estimates on what it'll cost to, to build out the space like you want it. And then once you look at those, before you sign the lease, go to the landlord and say, hey, look, I want you to, I want you to pay for this. Because keep in mind, you, you, once you leave that building, those improvements are going to stay with the building. So it's technically theirs. You are you are. You're putting money to improve the landlord's space. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Cool. Cool. There, there's a $40,000 tip for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. My friend and her family are actually talking about opening up um, like a franchise fitness center. And that's I'm going to tell her that. I'm so excited. That's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Let me know if she needs any help with a lease or anything like that. I'm more than happy to help her. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, well, alternatively to that, what would you say has been the most pleasantly rewarding of having a brick and mortar? You know, it's nice to have a space that people can come to that's a safe space for people to come, you know, put on their martial arts uniform, tie on their belt, whatever color it is, and uh, to come train. So you really do become a place of good energy. You can become a place of positivity. And people are anchored into those feelings when they walk into your space, you know. And so that's beautiful. And it's it's a, it's a legit physical space too, right? It's not like I'm a coach and so you're in your house and I coach you over the phone or over Skype or over Zoom or whatever. It's more – this is more about like, hey, you're going to leave everything behind and you're going to come into a brand new space and we control the atmosphere, the energy of that space to a large extent. I can uh, – to a large ex- uh, extent, I control the music, I control the lights, I control the smell, I control everything in that space. Um, so that's that's cool. I really like that. That is a, a cool piece of it. And and then obviously when you're in a building like that, you're meeting other people. So we control that atmosphere. So you're building a community um, almost by default because proximity, right? We, you believe, I know you believe that, like proximity is power. So now you're, you get to put yourself around certain people. So that's that's a fun piece of having like a brick and mortar. Yeah, that makes so much sense too. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of control, yeah. are you still very hands-on? What is it like to delegate tasks in your business and how do you find it felt for you to release that kind of control? Super hard. I'm definitely a little bit of a control freak, but I've learned to manage the numbers. So I look at all the numbers and that tells the story of how that team is doing. Uh, for the last three years or so, maybe even four years, I've been relatively removed from my business. Uh, I have been spending time with my wife and dating her and traveling the world and doing cool things. But 
uh, I did have a couple of people unexpectedly move away. One moved to New York, one moved back to Maine. And so I did have to step, I say I have to, I didn't have to, but I chose to step back in into a full-time role in one of my locations as of January 2nd. So about a, exactly a month. And that's been, that's been a lot. I mean, it's a lot of work because I'm on top of everything else that I'm doing. Um, I've been running a school. Um, but I've got, but I'll, I'll replace myself probably in the next three to six months. I'll have a good team there that will replace me. And again, I'll get to step back out with a new perspective, with newfound energy, with new ideas to grow the business. So that's exciting. Amazing. Yeah. I love that you're able to pop in and out like that. Actually, I think that's really neat to be able to yeah. do that in business in general as a, as an entrepreneur. Yes. It's got its set of challenges, but it, it's been fun to be out and, and look at my business, kind of working on my business. But there's a newfound energy you get when you start showing up in your business. That's, that's important. Completely. And I bet it brings on a whole new set of benefits to that location sure. and everybody around it. For sh hands down, 100% it does. As mentioned previously, you recently got married. Yeah. And as a stand-up guy who many of us look up to, what was it about your lovely wife, Rachel, that made you want yeah. to seal the deal on your commitment? Oh, gosh, that's a long... I mean, we could probably talk about that on a whole nother session, but... The short answer to that is, you know, life has a way of bringing you people that you need, I believe, in relationships. You know, I think Hollywood has done a good job of making us think that relationships are supposed to be happy and fun and sexy. And sure, that's great. Those are fun parts of a relationship. However, I tend to believe, and my wife believes this too, I tend to believe that relationships are supposed to grow you as a person <laughs> and develop you. And so, yeah, and there's, there's, a, there's a counselor that's been counseling, done, done couples counseling for the last like 30 years. And they have, this whole, they have this whole therapy that they built on this idea that you will attract into your life a partner who is designed to push buttons from your past, so to speak. But the real, the reason that's there is because you need to heal those wounds. And an intimate partner is, is that person that can get close enough to you to get you to look at yourself in a different way. And you can resist it and be like, Hey, this isn't the Hollywood relationship I thought I was supposed to have. Um, or you can lean into it and say, wait a second, this person is making me, uh, this person is challenging me. Like no one gets me this upset. No one can make me this angry. Right. But, but it's, but it's, but I'm, I'm becoming a more whole person through this relationship. And so that was, we both kind of entered the relationship with that attitude. So like when we'd get into fights, even when we were dating and, and then we'd break up, we'd like, we'd like have breakups and not big, crazy, like throwing stuff type breakups, but we'd have these fights. And what I loved about our relationship is we'd both go off or we'd break up or we'd take some time off. And then we'd kind of just be like, huh. I totally see where I could have done this better. And I would go to her and be like, hey, I just want to tell you, like, totally see how I could have done that better. And she would come and be like, well, actually, I've been thinking about it, and I could have done this better. That's a trigger for me, and I'm get really sensitive about that. And I was like, really? Like, you're not blaming me? Like, you're actually coming to the table with what you thought you could have done better? So um, growth, that growth and that wholeness was a big value for us, and we didn't come to the table blaming each other. We came to the table, like, trying to just be the best version of ourselves. And so I think we... That one thing was like huge for me uh, and really helped me kind of think differently about the relationship, you know? Yeah, that's actually, I think you pretty much just answered my next question because, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, maybe not, but 
it was also starting that the that relationships are never easy. So what's something you two like to do that sparks your fire as strong hmm. as the day when you recognized it? Hmm. Yeah, we've got some good rituals in place, like just habits that we've we've been really good. We've been really intentional about setting up our life so that we take Sundays and spend time together and that we get out in nature. So the best I posted a Facebook post a while back and said, Hey, I'm getting married. Like, give me your best relationship advice. And everybody loves to give advice. So I probably got like a hundred <laughs> comments on this one Facebook post, maybe like 120 comments. And out of all of them, the one that stood out to me the most was uh, Christopher Hart. I'll never forget. He says, he goes, Sam, the best advice I ever got was dialogue daily, uh, date weekly and get away once a month. Like, uh, like take a trip monthly. So it was like a daily, weekly, monthly thing. And so we just implemented that. So we've got, we've got, we make sure that we have some sort of communication daily. Um, and then we make sure that we have our date time set aside once a, once a week. And then once a month, we kind of mix it up and we're like, we'll book a trip somewhere or I'll just jump, we'll just jump on a plane and go somewhere. And that like has created, has kept a lot of the variety. And we both have a high need for variety too. So that's kept a lot of the variety in the relationship and been, made it really fun. That's fantastic. And one more thing, one more thing I think too that we do really well is there's no judgment, like any, anybody in the relationship, like Rachel and I have this rule that we can talk about anything, like anything, like it can be the weirdest thing or the most whatever. And we're just like, Hey, the, the rule here is that you can, it's like, it's a safe space. You can share anything and I won't judge you. It could be about another guy. It could be about another girl. Like it could be anything. Like so stuff that I think some couples would shy away from because they're like, well, I don't want to say that. I might make my woman jealous. Or I don't want to say that. It might make a man angry. Like that type of stuff, we specifically want to share because it just, it just, everything's out on the table. So like we, we talk about finances a lot, right? Because that was a thing like, okay, well, how are we going to do that? Are we going to get this time? Um, we just talk about a lot of stuff and even the stuff that you normally don't want to share in a relationship I'm just like, no, like that's the stuff we need to share. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes your face, sense. Your face on that one was funny. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense because then it kind of, I mean, even to whether you're talking about other people and then you feel jealousy, you probably even talk about that you're feeling this jealousy or, you know. Totally. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I like getting- that getting your cards out on the table. And I think just some of the, and maybe I'm not saying that that works for everybody. I'm just saying that works for Rachel and I, and we're really intentional about like just having all the cards out. Yeah. Cool. What are some examples of activities you do to enhance your well-being? Um, eat healthy, meditate, do the work as we explained earlier. Um, take time off something that's become really important for me as I've learned more about myself, I've learned that I need time away. I love people, but I'm not an extrovert by nature. I've learned to develop that and I can, I can talk and I can inspire, whatever. But I need, I've just learned, Allie, that I need like two days away with nobody, like not even my wife, nobody. Like I just need to literally go to the mountains and get away. I need to take the truck and like sleep in the back, or go camp or go like, you know what I mean? Like just get me away from the world. Um, so I can process and think and, and, and strategize and ponder. I mean, that's been so important for me. Do you journal? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I never, yeah. I love that. I would love to be able to just run away from the world <laughs> once a month. <laughs> One you day. You can. 
I can. You can. I know. I do have a car. I could sleep in it. <laughs> Actually, that was my most fun trip. About a month ago, I, I went to the mountains and I took, we have a Tahoe. So I took the Tahoe, the SUV, and I put a mattress in the back. It's just so freeing. I didn't have to like be anywhere. I didn't have to book anything. It's just like wherever I wanted to stop, I stopped and I slept for a couple of days. I was going to say, wasn't it cold, but you're in South Carolina. Is it cold so, right now? This, it was super cold because I was up in the mountains. Oh, um, right. But I, I would turn the heat on and then I brought a sleeping bag and everything. So I was fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fun. <laughs> I can tell you like that, though. That's yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> is there a daily or weekly habit that you have that is a non-negotiable in your lifestyle? I mean, working out has become a habit. And it's not – for me, it's not – as been as much hitting the gym as it is just like moving, going for a walk, going for a light jog, doing some martial arts, doing something, moving my body. So movement every day, non-negotiable. Uh, eating something healthy every day, non-negotiable. Um, those are really the only two big ones that come up for me. It works. Yeah. I'd say working out. I, mean, I want to say journaling. I mean, I journal a lot, but I'm not sure it's like I'm, there are days that go by and I, I'm not like, oh no, I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. I journal every night, but every now and then I miss a night or two. And then I'm like, oh my God, I have to catch up. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So you put two entries in on the next day. Say I didn't do it the whole weekend, Friday or Saturday, and it's Sunday night. I'll be like, I'll start from Friday. Be like, Friday was good, blah, blah, blah. You know, talk That's about cool. Saturday, talk about Sunday. Just like a little bit. Sometimes it's like in depth that. and sometimes it's not. Do you type or do you, are you a handwriter? Handwriter, hand journals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right before bed, right? After I put on my lavender oil on my wrists. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's so calming. That's a great ritual. It knocks me out, I'm telling you. I feel like anyone that has trouble sleeping, journal, put on some lavender oil, <laughs> and you're good. <laughs> Alexa, play calm meditation, right? <laughs> Actually. I was going <laughs> to. Alexa, stop. <laughs> if you ask it to play calm meditation, it says play meditation station or station Station meditation. It makes up some rhyme. It's kind of funny. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> what is it you do that helps you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago? Oh, I can answer this one for sure because about five years ago, I was going to the lowest point in my life and feeling super depressed, walking out on the golf course at midnight, screaming at the top of my lungs because I just felt like my life was falling apart, which it wasn't, but I felt like it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I actually had a similar kind of some similar situation, like some similar circumstances to what was happening five years ago happened now. And I like, I got all those same fears that came back and I had to like remind myself, whoa, 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 whoa. You are way more resourced now than you were. And it's just, and I don't even mean resource. Well, yeah, resourced financially, actually that would be one, but resourced mentally, resourced emotionally. And I, the biggest piece when I went through my depression is I felt alone I, I felt like no one understood what I was going through and I didn't have anybody I could talk to about it. And that was what made it hard. Um, so, so, so now some of those circumstances came up again and I felt myself like feeling those same feelings of like, Oh my God, like life is. And I went, no, I need to, I have a much better support system. Going back to your question earlier, I have a much better support system. Now I can rely on these people. I can share, I can connect. I can reach out. I have to reach out. They're not going to reach out to me. I have to reach out and say, hey, I need to chat and just be honest about what I need. So speaking what I need. Um, so that, that's, you know, it's funny you asked that question because I literally was just thinking about this last week of like, whoa, don't, don't go back there. I'm way more resourced. I have a lot of things I can lean on. 
And truth be told, I had a lot of things I could lean on back then. I just didn't use them. I didn't call up my friends and be like, look, I'm feeling X, Y, Z. I need to chat. I didn't call up my, you know, I just didn't. And I'm not sure why I didn't other than I just didn't know to use them. <laughs> so using the people and the resources you have is so important. Yeah. Do you think it also has to do with just being more comfortable in the vulnerability of asking for help? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's good, Allie. That's really good. Yeah, for sure. I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah. Nice. Right. Not the not necessarily needing to be the man. Like, well, I, I got all this. Totally. Yeah. It's totally. good. Do you cook or get takeout more often? Well, I definitely don't cook. <laughs> but I do a lot of fast casual places. So like Panera's or I'll go to a place called The Lights. It's a cafe here that serves like only super healthy food. I love it. It's You can, you can spend a lot of money, but it's really healthy and really good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what do you do for fun on your off time? I guess like, you were saying nature. Yeah. yeah. Like nature, yeah. huge journal, watch YouTube. I love, I've been, see what Donald Trump is up to. <laughs> That's my drama for the day. Oh, geez. <laughs> or for the life. I don't know. <laughs> Lastly, is there anything you wish we spoke about, something I didn't ask or something intuitive that you would like to share? Um, no, just super proud of you and all that you've done. Um, yeah, I feel like you've really kind of dedicated yourself to developing yourself and that's super cool to see that. that. That came up for me to share earlier. I was like, oh, good for you. And just your presence, even as you're asking these questions and your, the thought that you put into this and uh, all the gear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But my point is like, this isn't just like, you're not just doing this on the fly. And then your persistence, your persistence since July, reaching out to me and being like, hey, let's get this in the calendar. Hey, let's get this in the calendar. Hey, let's get. So thanks for your patience there. Um, yeah, like keep up all the keep up all the great work that comes up for me to just share. Keep up all the great work and like keep crushing it. And let me know how I can support your journey. And just proud proud of you and what you're doing. And you you are exactly where you need to be, where you should be. Like life is right there, and it's happening for you. So how cool is that? Um, so just to give you that affirmation of like, it's cool that you're serving people and you're helping people. And yeah, yeah. keep up the good work. Thank you so much for all of that. I was not expecting yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was really nice. And thank you for coming on here and being patient with my persistence. I yeah. I was actually, the last time I reached out was, um, I was like, all right, this is the last time I'm going to be annoying about this and I'll just That's let it go funny. if it doesn't work out. And then, and then I like thought about it one day, like, oh, I don't, I don't think I heard from him. And then you messaged me like that day or the day after. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Good but for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on here. Where can we find you? Where can we see what you're doing? I don't know if you are on yeah. much of social media, but. Yeah. Just Facebook is probably best. Sam Wiegert. Cool. Yeah. That's probably best. That's where I, I would think I would share the most. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been so awesome reconnecting with you nearly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like four and a half years later, I guess. Yeah. Because it was May, I believe. So may it'll be five years of following your journey and being inspired by you that's cool thank yeah. you for saying that i appreciate that very much oh my gosh my pleasure absolutely and thank you thank you well that is a wrap folks 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening and tuning in to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I hope you gain some value from these conversations like I do. I feel like in this year of being committed to Well and Why, I've learned so much, not just from the process itself, but from every single guest individually. And it has been so awesome. And thank you very much to those of you who have been with me along on the journey since the beginning or have picked up from wherever we met or whenever you just decided to give it a shot and have stuck with me. Or if this is your first time here, thank you for joining us and I hope you stick around. I am always open to your feedback or anything that you want to say, even if you want to just continue the conversation. You can find me on Instagram at spiritually nutritious or Gmail wellandwhy at gmail.com um yeah you can find me reach out say hello and i love talking about all things all things i just love talking (laughs) life is good i hope you are having a lovely q1 quarter one of 2020 i'm baffled that february is pretty much midway through And um, I haven't decided to hibernate yet. (laughs) I was kind of hoping for a little hibernation, you know. I feel like that's what winter's about. Getting a little more crafty, creative, staying indoors, hot cocoa, by the fire that I don't have yet, but will one day. And yeah, my room's a mess because I haven't had time to sit in here and actually give myself the time not even just the time but the headspace to create space in my physical space so if you've seen me and i've felt like a little whirlwind that could be why (laughs) thank you so much for listening for real i love you i hope you feel all the love in the world on this holiday that people love giving shit to for being so commercial at the end of the day isn't it just lovely to have a day that's not for anybody in particular but just for everybody and just to feel the love a little bit more but hey to each his own and yep i hope you do something nice for yourself and nice for others and you will receive it back in return whether it's that day the next day the next week or next year or you never know karma is on our side I also just briefly want to thank Trevor and Tree River, his band, for letting me use their amazing music as my background for the last year. You guys are incredible. I should be shouting you out every week and I forget, but I will not forget moving forward. Mom, thank you for listening to every single episode and letting me know, frankly, which ones are good and which ones aren't as good. (laughs) What are moms for? Am I right? I love you. That's it. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Ta-ta for now.